It's not just for backlink checker keyword. Uh, that's the thing. We started ranking for all keywords related to backlink checker. So the traffic is not just from one keyword. It's because the page started ranking for a ton of related keywords and almost everywhere we rank number one or at least in, in the top three. Hello and welcome to episode three of the Confessions of a B2B Marketer podcast. And today's episode is a big one. We're having someone who has really taken the idea of SaaS marketing and literally thrown it upside down. It's Tim Solo of Ahrefs who's going to be going to be coming on for an interview, which I think is probably quite different to any other interview he's given before. We cover a vast variety of topics in a very special format that I'll talk about in a second. But before that, of course, I need to update you on what's going on in the world of SaaS Marketer and, of course, Bcast. So April, as I mentioned in last week's episode, was a record month for us. Uh, we finished off at about £11.3,000 in total revenue. Again, the majority coming from the service clients, a bit from coaching and a bit from affiliates. So that was great. That's the record since we started in December of last year. We launched Bcast uh, on Monday, so just about a week ago, which was an amazing feeling. Um, we initially attempted to launch at the start of April, but obviously things got pushed out. We had to finish to, like sorting out the website, etc. And there's all these little things like connecting Stripe, etc. Uh, but we did actually launch last Monday. Amazing feeling. Go check out the site bcast.fm, podcast hosting for high growth businesses. Uh, we have 16 paying clients, which is great. I mean, obviously, MMR, MRR is not massive with that. Uh, our plans range from between 15 and $75 per month. So we're between 100 and 200 MRR. But it's a great feeling to get companies using software, uh, enjoying using software and getting the feedback. There is a potential, and I do say potential here, AppSumo launch in the pipeline, maybe in the start of Q3, which could be an awesome cash injection for us, the Bootstrap startup. Obviously, great feedback as well that we can attain from all the customers that come through. We're just kind of in the process with those guys and I'll share more as we move through that. So that's awesome. Uh, in terms of growth, I'm starting things off very, very kind of one-on-one. -on -one. So we have the most uh, like attractive affiliate program in the whole of the podcast world. We have 360-day cookies. So if you cookie someone with your affiliate link for Bcast, that means that for the whole next year, you get the commission to say sign up. We're also offering 40% recurring and there's nothing else like that. Most of the podcast hosts are either Amazon vouchers or 25%. So I'm gonna go man I'm gonna be manually recruiting affiliates and also first customers um, for Bcast before we then try to scale the other acquisition channels. So that's my plan there. Um, before we jump into today's episode, we do have to talk about the first and best sponsor this podcast has ever had. Now, when you're looking to purchase software for your business, you obviously want to understand if other authoritative voices in the space think that the software that you want to buy is good. And one of the reasons we love Document360 is that really authoritative voices in the space, such as Captera, GetApp, and Software Advice, all say that Document360's knowledge-based software is number one in that entire category. So 
if you trust those platforms, and if you trust the hundreds of thousands, if not millions of reviews that go through those platforms uh, each year, and you're looking for a knowledge base tool uh, for your public or private knowledge base, then you definitely should check out a 14-day free trial of Document360 at document360.io. All right, now here we go. So Ahrefs are an incredible SaaS story, 60 million bootstrapped, and Tim Solo joined Ahrefs in the early days after meeting their founder and CEO. Now, I wrote a monster of a case study. If you search for Ahrefs SaaS marketing, you will find it. I think there's 17 kind of growth levers that show how they grew, and I got part of those that inspiration from this discussion here with Tim that I'm about to play. And so for this interview, we took a slightly different approach. I essentially just listed out areas of SaaS marketing, like social, content, affiliates, partners, and then just got Tim to come back and share something that they were doing that was maybe slightly different or slightly interesting or counterintuitive that Ahrefs are implementing that is working that kind of goes against conventional SaaS marketing wisdom. And just one that I, that I want to share. Ahrefs don't have lead magnets. There's, there's two CTAs. So there's the seven-day trial for one pound, and there's subscribe to the blog articles. That is it. They don't use Facebook pixels. They don't use Google Analytics. And so this is the kind of unconventional, counterintuitive marketing, SaaS marketing that Ahrefs do, and that's what I tried to get down to the bottom of in this interview. So let's bring in Tim Solo, CMO of Ahrefs. Tim, welcome to the show. Hey, Tom. Thanks a lot for having me. Now, we're going to do something a little bit different in this episode. I know that the listeners to this podcast love like small, actionable things they can literally implement this week to see improved growth in their SaaS companies. Ahrefs are like an absolute like cornerstone in this market. Some of the content you put out shares incredible examples of this. So what we're actually going to do is when we get into the interview, I'm going to be naming areas of SaaS marketing and then Tim is going to come back with hard-hitting, actionable strategies that Ahrefs have actually done. So super excited about this. Before we do that, I do want to understand a little bit about Tim and his background and how he joined Ahrefs. So Tim, if you could take us away with that and then we'll move into the questions. Yeah, I'll try to make it as short as possible so that not to overbore people with my personal stories. <laughs> so basically, I was born and lived my almost entire life in Ukraine, but I usually worked in companies that were doing some kind of business for US or for English-speaking audience. So from the start, my career was to do kind of marketing for uh, English-speaking people, so to say. And eventually, as I was bored at the companies where I was working at, they didn't give me the chance to uh, work on the ideas that I enjoyed. I clearly started launching my personal projects, uh, one of them being BloggerJet. It is still kind of live, but I no longer write there. So this is a blog where I was kind of sharing my marketing story. And it started as a bet with my friend, uh, Danis. Uh, so we had a bet like who can launch a brand new blog and get more traffic in six months. Nice. So to cut the long story short, to cut the long story short, I won that bet, but not because I was better at generating traffic, but because Danis gave up like uh, half halfway through. But yeah, uh, I, I kept blogging. I started launching my own WordPress plugins, like premium ones. I started selling them. I started promoting them. Uh, I was quite a prolific guest blogger. So I wrote for 
social media examiner for Moz blog for like for quite a lot of blogs that were popular at the time and the thing is i was also active in like different uh, internet marketing communities for example inbound.org i think many people still remember it uh, but it was discontinued i think 2 years ago or something and essentially when dmitry the ceo and founder of hrefs uh, was feeling the need for uh, good good marketing good marketing department for his awesome product hrefs because the product was amazing pretty much from the start but he understood that his product was amazing but the marketing was lacking so he needed someone to take over and he noticed me online just from the uh, articles that i was writing from the projects that i was promoting and uh, i wrote a post for moz blog i think it was 2010 uh, a tracer uh, yeah it was uh, it was a post about facebook marketing some yeah. some kind of ultimate guide to facebook marketing and the post was a huge hit so back in the days most had annual awards they were ranking their all their like uh, blog articles in a year by the amount of uh, thumbs up by the amount of facebook likes by the amount of traffic and by the amount of links and my my post was uh, in top five in three of the four nominations so basically my post was a huge hit of 2010 so dmitry researched me a bit and also i didn't uh, i never tried to hide the fact that i'm from ukraine so a lot of people that are not from us are trying to hide that fact they they're trying to pretend they're from us or from i don't know from united kingdom from canada or something so people from uh, countries like, I don't know, Ukraine, Vietnam, India, etc., etc. We kind of think that if we pretend that we are from US, we would sound more credible and people would uh, trust us more. So I never did that. I was uh, always proud Ukrainian. And since Dmitry, our CEO founder himself, is Ukrainian, he was born in Ukraine, raised in Ukraine. He also enjoyed the fact that he can speak to me in our native language. Uh, we speak Russian, but our in Ukraine, our language, our national language is Ukrainian. Uh, he can speak to me in Russian in the language that he's comfortable in. And we have like a uh, similar upbringing and stuff, but uh, I can market for English speaking people. And this is how, uh, after doing some research on me, he reached out to me to test me with a uh, like simple project as writing a review uh, of their new back then content explorer tool. Uh, which I did. And then I myself uh, started offering him, like, do you need more help? Because I think you can improve in this area, you can improve in that area. And if you need my help, just tell me. So I was kind of proactive in pitching my uh, kind of services to Dmitry. I was offering my help. And quite shortly, we realized that uh, it would be good if I would just join HRFs as a full-time employee. And Dmitry actually offered me a job uh, of director of marketing, <laughs> but nice. director uh, was a like pretty bold word because when I came to Singapore and joined HFs, I was the single marketer. So uh, yeah. I was director of myself. Uh, and yeah, that's actually the story. Uh, Dmitry did uh, a, a deliberate effort to, to find someone who he thought would be a good fit for, for his product. Got it. And so from somewhere else on the internet, I found that when you joined April 2015, there was about 15 people. You now have, I believe, over 60 people. I have a tweet here from your CEO, founder, Dimitri, saying this is 2018, revenues at $40 million, 60% 
at year-on-year growth. I've also found that actually in 2016, 83% year-on-year growth. And then in 2017, 65% year-on-year growth. So obviously a lot <laughs> has happened in the last four years. So now we're going to segue into trying to understand how you guys have done this. And the first area I want to kind of talk about is the really fun one. I want to talk about events. Do you have an example uh, where Ahrefs have been at an event and managed to like get significant exposure for little cost? Uh, yeah, so like events are a funny thing because every time you talk to people who are sponsoring events or who are speaking at events and you try to talk about uh, talk with them about the ROI or like what are they they're getting out of it, most of them, unless, of course, they are specifically doing like uh, sales or like client work where they can uh, do some, uh, some uh, sign some contracts right at the conference, it is hard for them to justify the expense or justify their time and effort to coming and speaking. Uh, one of the most recent things, actually, let me tell you the most recent, recent thing which happened this Monday. So mm-hmm. I was invited to speak at a local event here in Singapore, but it was hosted by HubSpot. So HubSpot is quite a big brand in uh, marketing software. And they hosted a pretty big event here in Singapore. I think it was around a thousand people. Uh, And because uh, I did a little bit of networking here in Singapore, I know some people who, who work at HubSpot and they saw my work and they invited me to speak. So what I did uh, after presenting is I have this course that is called blogging for business. It costs $800. And basically like half of my talk, if not like the majority of it was based on the like tips and strategies that I'm sharing in the blogging for business course. So at the end of my presentation to make sure that, uh, I will kind of convert people to like fans of HRFs or like, uh, make a stronger connection. I told them that I have this course that costs $800. But if you will email me within 20 minutes from me saying this, I will give this course to you for free. And actually, in the audience, there were like 500 people. uh, And half of them emailed me within 20 minutes. So I got like 250 uh, emails in my inbox within 20 minutes. And the thing is uh, why I did that, because the course, uh, well, I actually got a lot of praise for that course. So a lot of people enjoyed it. But the thing is, a lot of people notice that the course is a perfect sales speech for HRFs. So I teach you blogging, but I teach you blogging through the prism of how to use HRFs to get results with the articles of how to rank better or how to do keyword mm-hmm. research, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I know that if people will spend time going through the course, they will be converted into HRFs customers. They will like us. So, like us. so this is a perfect kind of uh, lead generation thing for me. Uh, and yeah, this is one of the most recent things that I did. And a lot of people who actually wrote me emails said that it was a great move to mm. offer such a valuable freebie for, for like such a limited amount of time. And they're super interested. And it was a great like uh, follow up from the presentation to mm. like a bigger piece of content uh, that would further like convert them to users of HRS. And yeah, I- and- that yeah. so, but, but before we move on to the coffee one, because I think that's really good. Yeah. <laughs> um, the that also mirrors your content strategy, there, right? Because you say that you guys only write content related to your product, and so people yes. searching for the problem, like the the content, basically is the bridge between their problem and your product, right? 
Exactly, exactly. So I don't care about losing $800 by giving a person a course for free because that person, like the LTV of that person, the lifetime value might be like twice or three times that if they go through the course, if they enjoy the strategies and they might tell their friends about it, they might teach their friends to use it. So yeah, we we don't charge for content. We don't charge, we don't charge for teaching you marketing, but we charge for our tools, which are amazing. Yeah, so that's the thing. Uh, and awesome. I guess you wanted me to talk about the coffee cups that we yes, did please. for Bright and SEO. Yeah, so this was also a fun one. Uh, when we were offered like different sponsored sponsoring packages at Bright and SEO, which is, I think it's actually the biggest SEO conference in the world because this September it was attended by almost 4,000 people. Wow. I think this is huge for such a small niche as SEO. So it's not like technology uh, it's not travel or something. It's SEO. It's quite a narrow niche and 4,000 people is quite an event. So uh, actually, we were quite late to join the party. The, like most of the sponsorship slots were taking, uh, taken and we were offered to sponsor coffee cups. And we thought like what we could do, what we could do, like what, what kind of interesting thing we could do to make uh, people notice us, to generate some buzz, etc., etc. And uh, I actually asked our Facebook community. So we have a Facebook group for our customers only where we like discuss some SEO, talk about new features, help each other, etc. And often I try to crowdsource great ideas from our community because one head is awesome, but when you have 10,000 people who are your fans and you can ask them for advice, this is absolutely amazing. And some people suggested that we can print the keyword data for the keyword coffee on the cup and like SEO geeks would be super happy to see that. Uh, and Dmitry, our SEO and founder, actually further refined this idea because he offered that we should style those uh, uh, keyword metrics for the keyword coffee as the table for nutritional facts. Yes. Like, you know, every every product that you like buy in a the supermarket, they have this table, like white table with like black numbers and nutritional facts and such. I was actually at first, I was uh, against this idea because uh, like when you sponsor something, you want your logo to, to be big and bold. You want people to immediately see like who's sponsoring, what it's all about, et cetera, et cetera. And by making uh, it look like nutritional facts, uh, people might just not not notice it because it is so subtle, because people are accustomed that this is how the nutritional facts uh, table looks like, so I won't pay attention to it. Uh, but actually, it ended up a great idea because people, some people started noticing and they kind of pat themselves on the back for noticing it, so they tweeted it. Uh, so they started tweeting, like, uh, I see what you did there, uh, like uh, HRFs went like super nerdy with sponsoring coffee cups, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. But then what I did to further amplify the effect, because we already paid, I don't remember what, like something like 4,000 pounds or something to sponsor those like yeah. uh, 4,000 coffee cups. So I thought that we should maximize the, the sponsorship. So I tweeted myself the picture of the coffee cup uh, with that nutritional values table and said something like, I think we went a little too subtle. And then I uh, threw some money into... Uh, Twitter ads, and they basically targeted the entire UK and anyone who has uh, SEO as their interest. Because I didn't care about people at Brighton SEO specifically noticing my tweet as much as I wanted everyone in the UK, uh, because I had hashtag Brighton SEO, to know that we have sponsored coffee cups this way, that this is quite nerdy, that people uh, in the SEO space would like it. 
and they got a ton of likes on my tweet. So basically, uh, when people were searching for Brighton SEO hashtag, and this is what people usually do when they're at a conference, they would search for hashtag on Twitter and see what's happening. And my tweet was consistently ranking in top three top tweets. So there was a lot of exposure for our coffee cups. And this is how, like, I think most people at at that conference noticed that we we sponsored coffee cups. So this is how we basically turned uh, a, a seemingly uh, un um, and seemingly inconspicuous uh, sponsoring option like coffee cups into a big and bold uh, thing that everyone was talking about at the conference. So yeah, I consider this a, a pretty interesting win for us. Yeah, and I'll put an image below this audio of the actual coffee cup and like how <laughs> how kind of similar it did look to normal nutritional information. I think we can safely say that you've got the best like cost per impression out of all the sponsors. Uh, yes. While we're on paid though, is there anything else? Because I actually can't find anything online about you guys using paid to drive growth. Have there been any paid learnings or channels that have worked? Yeah. So. Uh... We tried Google AdWords now and then, but usually the cost per click is just insane. It's like crazy how much it costs to drive those clicks. So uh, it's not that we don't have budget for it, but we just cannot justify those clicks compared to all other places where you can put this money. Uh, so the, as far as I know, up till recently, the only ads that we were running were on Facebook and we were promoting our content. So a lot of people were telling us that we are stupid to not uh, use retargeting to funnel people towards our trial or like whatever, but we only promoted our articles. And the reason for that is that our articles are basically a sales pitch for our software. So we write our articles, we teach people to solve SEO issues, to solve their marketing problems with the help of software. So if you're reading our article and you're not converting into a customer of Ahrefs, I don't quite see how a follow-up with just an offer to take our trial would make you do this. So we'd rather follow up with another article. And for that, we don't really need retargeting. We just need to promote every article that we publish or every article that we republish. So yeah, I didn't quite see how retargeting is helpful in our situation, given that we don't have any time-limited offers. We don't have any special offers. We don't do any discounts or anything like that. So usually if you have these kinds of things, then retargeting might work for you. So if you know that a person didn't convert and you follow up with them, you retarget them with like 30% uh, offer or like uh, the first month is on is on us, then you might convert them, yes. But we don't do this, so uh, it, didn't, uh, it didn't make sense for us. And other than that, uh, Dmitry, who is our founder, he's very uh, uh, strict about uh, user privacy, about uh, uh, not tracking users. So basically, he made us uh, uninstall the Facebook targeting pixel, the Facebook pixel from hrefs.com, which means we, we couldn't know like if people visited our website or not. This, uh, this brings uh, some problems to our Facebook ad strategy because right now Facebook is offering you to uh, to focus on landing page visits as opposed to ad clicks because some of the ad clicks don't result in like page loading and blah, blah, blah. Uh, but yeah, we don't have this pixel so we cannot use retargeting at all. And yes, <laughs> still still we put quite, quite some 
uh, decent budget into promoting every article we write. Because again, if we put a lot of effort into creating amazing content, if we pay like high salaries to people who create those content, if we invest extra time to do some research, to do some experiments, we even pay people for consulting. So whenever we uh, are not expert experts on the topic that we want to write about, we would actually go out, find some experts, pay them for their consulting and write an article. So yeah, if we invest so much time, effort and money into our content, why wouldn't we invest uh, some money to promote it on Facebook so that more and more people would uh, uh, see our content? So that's about it. And as of recently, yeah, just, just one last thing. We started experimenting also with Twitter ads. I think Twitter ad platform got better and the results that I'm seeing, at least the results that Twitter... Uh, is reporting themselves because we don't even have Google Analytics installed on our account. So I cannot see uh, what kind of uh, traffic is actually coming from Twitter. But the clicks that mm. Twitter is reporting uh, is something that uh, is okay with us. So we're also trying some Twitter ads right now. So you guys don't have Google Anal- Analytics on your site? Yes, we don't. We have Google Search Incredible. Console and this is enough for us. Yeah, sure. So yeah, I, I, I totally get that about promoting content. It's just that you you guys, there has to be a fine balance, right? Because yes, you're going to pitch the product and show how the product solves the problem, but then the content has to be good enough so people don't feel like it's just a pitch of the product, right? And it seems like you guys have got that balance just about right. Yeah, and there's a good phrase. I think I first heard it from a guy by the name Derek Halpern, uh, who was a super popular blogger some five or six years ago, but these days I some some way don't see him that often. So what he said is that uh, when someone brought a concern that uh, am I being too salesy if like within my articles, within my webinars, within my content, within my talks, I'll be pitching my product. What he said is that think about it the other way. If your product is really good, if your product can give people what they're looking for, if, uh, if your product can help them to get the results they're looking for, you're doing those people a disservice by not pitching your product, by not persuading them to use your product and achieving the results that they're looking for. So this is how we look at it. All Everyone in the marketing department of HRFs, we are convinced, we, we believe uh, with our like entire hearts and minds that HRFs is an amazing product. This is why we have absolutely no hesitation to pitch it to people and to explain how to use it and what kind of results you can get because we're such a big believers that it actually works and it can actually change uh, i don't know your business your life your seo strategy at, at the very least got it you've been quoted as saying that your two biggest channels have been word of mouth and seo slash content do you have a case study in the seo slash content space uh, where you guys have done something that's, that have led to like significantly better results yeah, I think you're alluding to our recent uh, backlink checker story. Maybe. <laughs> so yeah, we uh, SEO is not just uh, like when we say SEO as a channel, it's not just the content that you write. It's also like ranking for whatever you want to rank for. And sometimes it's not yeah, it's not an article. It should be something else. So uh, usually companies create dedicated pages for the services they have or the feature that they, features that they have as long as people are searching for those features. So we knew because we, we know how to do keyword research. We have a tool for that ourselves. We knew that a lot of people are searching for backlink checker or backlink checker tool. And the HREFs, uh, like 
HFs was born, was uh, was created as a backlink checker tool initially. Right now we have quite a few more amazing SEO tools, but initially we were a backlink checker and we got uh, our reputation initially as a backlink checker. So it made sense for us to rank for the keyword backlink checker, but we couldn't target it on our homepage because our homepage was ranking for like branded things like uh, HFs, HFs tools, et cetera, et cetera. So we created a dedicated landing page uh, that, that explained that within HREFs, you have backlink checker tool or backlink checker functionality. Uh, and it works this way and that. And we had some uh, screenshots and we had some texts uh, that described the functionality. But the call to action was to take our trial, which cost $7. And like we were doing all the promotion we could. We optimized that page to the maximum. We, we were building links to it, both by promoting it and by writing some guest articles nothing worked that page never ranked uh, higher than position number eight but we felt that we deserve to rank to rank number one for backlink checker because many people in the SEO industry would agree that hrefs is the best backlink checker in the industry so we felt that the number one spot should be ours and what we noticed is that everyone who was outranking us in google on the front page of google for the keyword backlink checker uh, those were free tools the the tools were limited so with hrefs if you pay uh, for the tool you'll get all the data so uh, you can put your competitor and see who is linking to them where their links are coming from but those free tools were giving you just like the first 100 backlinks or something and still because people uh, searching for backlink checker were able to get instant results uh, they were enjoying those tools more than our offer of $7 trial they were not ready for commitment so early in our relationship uh, and this is why we decided okay so if people like free tools and if google is rewarding free tools with higher rankings we're going to launch our own free tool so we didn't change much on that backlink checker page we basically replaced the uh, button offering them to sign up for seven dollar trial with an input form where you can put the url or a website and see what other websites or what other pages are linking to it. And yeah, we did nothing else. So uh, some people were, as as I was sharing this case study, like uh, on other conferences, people were asking me, did you do any extra promotion or like, did you build any extra backlinks or like, did you do something extra other than replacing uh, the button with an input form? No, we didn't do anything, but our traffic skyrocketed. So basically Google noticed that people after landing to our page uh, on our backlink checker page they saw that this is a tool and they immediately started using it and because there's also some brand equity so people would rather use backlink checker from a company they know about in the SEO space hrefs than from some random um, seotools.com whatever website and i think the combination of those two fact factors that people were more likely to click on our search result because this is hrefs and in our search snippet we were saying hey check out our uh, free backlink checker tool and the fact that it was a tool we didn't ask people for $7 we gave them a tool that they can use uh, it is limited it is as limited as the other tools in the search results but i think the combination of the brand and the fact that this is a tool uh, put us to position number 1 and we started collecting all sorts of uh, traffic from all sorts of related queries like backlink checker, free backlink checker, backlink checker tool, how do I check my backlinks, blah, 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 blah. So yeah, uh, just like matching searcher intent, giving people what they want, uh, given that Google can see the user satisfaction, made us 
uh, rank number one for the keyword that we struggled to rank number one for for a very long time. Yeah, and I've seen the I saw the image of the difference in organic traffic for backlink checker keyword uh, before and after you added the form with the actual backlink checker, and it's a pretty nice graph. So hopefully, I'll be able to get that and share that below this audio. Okay. Yeah, it's on. it's not just for backlink checker keyword. Uh, that's the thing. We started ranking for all keywords related to backlink checker. So the traffic is not just from one keyword. It's because the page started ranking for a ton of related keywords and almost everywhere we rank number one or at least in, in the top three. Yeah. Awesome. Moving on to email. What are you guys doing or not doing in that space that has potentially helped you grow? <laughs> to be honest, with email, we are doing nothing because whenever we had discussions within our marketing department, like should we do some lead nurturing sequences or whatever, uh, Hrefs is quite a, uh, I, would, I would call it diverse product. So we have five different SEO tools and a lot of people come to us with different use cases. So someone wants to do SEO audit of their website. They want us to crawl, to crawl their website and give them all the SEO issues that they have to fix. Other people come for us to, for backlinks. Other people come for us to do keyword research and get some keyword ideas for their content. So the use cases are absolutely different. And if we were to try to uh, 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 kind of uh, distribute people based on their use case, I don't know, ask them some um, questions like, what, what are you going, what do you want to achieve with HRFs? Do you want to do keyword research? Do you want to build backlinks, blah, 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 and create a dedicated lead nurturing sequence for them? It would take us a ton of time. Maybe we would do it later down the line once we nail all other things. But because Dmitry's idea with HRFs is to uh, keep our headcount relatively low, so we're under 60 people right now, and he, he doesn't want us to grow massively, so we cannot just do every single marketing tactic that we see somewhere. We have to focus on what, what brings the most results. We figured that uh, creating those lead nurturing sequences is not something that we want to do. And uh, if you sign up for HFs, we have some basic follow-up emails like, here are our best articles, here's our YouTube channel with like some awesome videos, uh, and that's pretty much it. So yeah, we, like, we don't have 10 or 15 email follow-up sequence, and we don't even track uh, how those uh, e emails perform. Yeah. Interesting. And that's such a good lesson about focusing on the stuff that you guys have the resources to be really good at. And it seems like email is something that maybe if you did hire two or three more people, you could be really good at, but actually it's not worth that with your strategy and like business ethos. Yeah. I just, I just don't really see uh, email being that helpful. So the thing is there's a common uh, notion there's a common idea in the startup world, startup industry, that there's this thing called aha moment, and that when a person signs up for your software, your onboarding, your lead nurturing email sequence or whatever should guide them towards that aha moment where they figure out how to get value from your software. So with HREFs, uh, our idea is that aha moment happens before you sign up for HREFs not after you sign up for HFs. So first you read our blog and see the use cases within our articles. Or you stumble upon some of our YouTube videos, YouTube video tutorials, and you see HFs in action, you, you, you understand how to use it in your head. Or you go to a conference and some speaker 
uh, says that if you want to do this, there's a tool for that. It is HFs. This is the aha moment that motivates people in the first place to sign up for HFs. So from there, we don't need to nurture them because they came to us because they were nurtured. So yeah, again, it all it all comes down to our lead acquisition channels. Like you mentioned, these are word of mouth plus SEO. So people either recommend HFs to each other because it's such a good product, or they search in Google for some SEO problems. They find an article with a solution. Uh, and then after reading the solution, they sign up. So they are educated when they sign up for HFs. With other software companies that don't have like this kind of inbound engine, for example, if they're acquiring their leads from uh, PPC, pay-per-click, from Google Ads, they have this problem because people coming to their website, they have no idea what the software is, how to use it, et cetera, et cetera. So this is why they have to obsess about those like follow-up sequences, lead nurturing sequences, even do like product demos. We don't do any product demos. We don't have a sales team, nothing, because we do so much education outside HFs so that when people come to us, they already know what they, they are going to achieve. And if they come to us and they have no idea what to do and they churn, it's okay. Whenever they will have another SEO issue, they will do another Google search. They will find another article of ours or another video from our YouTube channel. By the way, on our YouTube channel, I think the the recent statistic is that we're getting 200,000 views on our YouTube channel, on all videos of our YouTube channel per month. So right now it's also a big channel or lead, lead acquisition channel for us. So yeah, if people churn, it's okay that it's it's not time for them to be users of HS. It's not the right time for them to use us. We'll wait for them to stumble upon another article, to go to another conference, to talk to another friend, and then they will eventually sign up. So, so this is our uh, ideology, so to say. Got it. And, it. and this ties in, I think, with your £7, seven-day trial, right? Because if that was a free trial, you'd have more people just coming through without learning about the, the tool and then they would need the ed- education post-sign-up. But because there is this kind of this small barrier, it means that they will do more learning before they make their investment. Was that conscious, or is that just chance that that happened? <laughs> to be honest, the $7 trial is uh, just a small friction to keep abusers a little bit away from abusing us so massively. Because at one time, I think it was three years ago when we introduced that, uh, that uh, paid trial, uh, we measured how many active customers we have and like what are the account uh, what are the accounts of those customers and what we realized is that we have two times more active customers who are on a trial than we had paying customers so at any point in time there, there would be twice more people abusing our trial than we have paying customers and once i saw those numbers i came up to dmitry and said dmitry i think we should kind of, I, we, we wouldn't stop this if we make our trial paid, but we should uh, kind of discourage people from doing that. Uh, let's ask like for one, we had a two-week trial before that. So for, for two weeks, for 14 days, you were able to get access to full functionality to, to the full powers of HFs. And I told Mitri, okay, let's charge $1 for two weeks of HFs. Let's charge $1 for the trial. Uh, and it should uh, discourage quite a few people from abusing us all the time. To what Dmitry said, yeah, I think it's a nice idea. Let's charge a dollar per day. <laughs> and this is how seven days for seven dollars was born. Uh, and of course, we were a little bit hesitant to do this. So we were uh, 
afraid that our signups would sink, that we, we will not be able to retain our uh, growth pace. But it didn't happen. We're still growing nicely. So, yeah, it didn't impede our performance in any way. Nice. Two more areas to go into. You mentioned 200K views per month on YouTube. So I want to talk more about social. Is, is that like the core organic social driver for you guys or is there anything else that you're doing? And if it is YouTube, have, like any tips on how you manage to get to that amount of volume? Uh, this is a very broad question. So uh, I know, I'm not sure if I can call YouTube social. I would just call it a different type of content. So there, there's blog that people that like people consume content in different ways. And uh, if you we nailed the the SEO channel, so we nailed the blog. I think out of all the SEO blogs out there, maybe with a, with an exception of Beklinko, we are generating the most targeted traffic, tar- like traffic around the SEO related topics. Uh, we're still wrestling. I think we, I didn't check, but I think we're still wrestling with Brian Dean, uh, who is the leader of the SEO traffic uh, from from Google. So yeah, yeah. we nailed uh, we nailed search traffic to our blog. So we started looking for other channels. Another channel was video because a lot of people would they wouldn't read an article, but they would consume a video while they're they are uh, getting to work in subway or whatever. So I started a YouTube channel. Actually, I started it quite shortly after joining HFs, and I was recording a stupidly awful videos on my iPhone camera. Uh, so if you if you search for HFs on YouTube and you sort the videos by date, there were they were added to the oldest ones, and you'll see those embarrassing videos of me uh, doing some SEO tutorials. But yeah, I kickstarted the channel. I started publishing. I think those were weekly videos i called them uh, oversimplified seo because i was afraid that if some uh, seasoned seos would watch the stuff that i'm saying on those videos about seo they would just grill me so this is why i purposefully called oversimplified to indicate that these are like the basics and from there uh, i found uh, an amazing guy semo who took over the channel and uh, we kept improving. We kept improving the video quality. We kept uh, iterating the format of our videos, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And this is how we got to the point of uh, pretty successful YouTube channel. I think we we're we're on our way to cross 100,000 uh, subscribers on our channel, and those are organic. So we weren't using any shady tactics to to get subscribers. So yeah, I cannot tell you any. I cannot share with you any specific. Uh, ninja secret tactic of how to grow your YouTube channel other than start recording videos, try to improve, iterate, experiment, uh, and see where it gets you. Nice. And then the final area I want to ask about is viral slash word of mouth. We've written recently about something we like to call user-led growth. It's essentially where you get your the customers that are using the product to somehow tell the other people in their lives that they're using your product through you actually using the product. So what do you think has worked for you guys to drive that viral growth or word of mouth? Uh, the product, the product. Uh, I, I vividly remember shortly after joining HRFs, I think within like two or three months, uh, I was invited to a local uh, marketing meetup here in Singapore. And it turned out that there were like 15 people, I think. And it turned out that one of those people was our big fan. And uh, he 
like that evening, as we had a marketing meetup, we had like beers and such. That evening, he was promoting HFs more than I did. He kept like saying how awesome is our data and how much stuff he can do and that like the backlink data in HFs uh, is so much better than in any other tool that he was trying. And I was like, whoa, like if we have, if this is not a single person who is promoting HFs like that, and it wasn't the case for sure, then I as a marketer should give those people those talking points. I should give the people those people information that they can pass to other people. So this is how, for example, our page with uh, the data was born. So we were the first one to start bragging about our data, about how many services we have, how many pages we're, we're crawling per minute. Because when I started talking to our fans, they were thrilled to hear those numbers. They were thrilled to to know like how we do stuff and how like c- certain features work. And then again, if you educate people, like the thing with with all those articles that we're publishing, with all those videos that that we're creating educational materials, we educate our customers to be successful. And then our customers educate their friends because like when you teach your friends something awesome, if you teach your friends something that will help them, you get like a little bit of the so-called social currency in their eyes. So yeah, by empowering our users with great uh, tools, great data, great product, and then by educating them on how to use those products and giving them some talking points of the backstory of why the product is awesome, uh, you kind of fuel the word of mouth. So that's it. It starts from, from an awesome product. Uh, and then you just fuel it a little bit with uh, giving the backstory behind that product and with some educational materials on how to be successful with the product. Got it. And it totally makes sense. I actually have another thing that I think you guys are doing to help drive word of mouth. I read somewhere that you guys have marketers doing support. <laughs> yes. I know that having amazing customer support is a massive driver of word of mouth for any business. And actually having someone who, yes, knows the product, but also knows about the problem the person is trying to solve, I bet that drives, I bet the experiences customers are having from speaking with the market on support drives word of mouth. Yeah, of course. Uh, when I just joined Ahrefs, uh, I wasn't super experienced with SEO. And even though I used Ahrefs tools now and then, I wasn't an expert. So I myself, again, having a title of director of marketing, I myself was spending quite a bit of time talking to our customers, both in chats, in emails, in Facebook groups, and in Skype. So And this is how I learned about the product. This is how I learned about the customers. This is how I learned about the industry. And this is how I I kind of realized that whenever a new customer was was joining our, a uh, a new marketer was joining our team, I just realized that I cannot really assign them any marketing related tasks. I can't, I can't have them write an article or I can't have them write a copy for the ad because they don't know the product that well and they don't know the customers that well to be able to speak to them. This is where the idea that uh, every marketer should start from working in support came from. Uh, And of course, there are some exceptions because uh, some of the people who we hired our marketing department are our hardcore users already and were like uh, participating in in our community for a long time. So yeah, they, they might kind of bypass this rule, but usually... Uh, we try with every new new marketing hire, we try to make them do uh, support. Yeah, start from support. Awesome. Now that 
brings us to the end of all the different categories. I think we covered seven there. Well, no, actually eight. We went through social, paid, email, SEO content, events, prior word of mouth, Fero, and strategy slash pricing. Final question then, where are AHRS now and what is the focus going forward? Oh, where are we now? We're in Singapore. <laughs> <laughs> I left that question quite open on purpose, so I wasn't sure what you were going to come back with. Yeah, it's uh, and I, I, I made this such a stupid answer because it's hard to, to say where are we now. It's a very like broad question. We're, we're yeah, okay. We're in the process of uh, improving everything we have. So we're taking a second look at all our tools, reports, features, and we're looking for ways to improve what we have uh, instead of expanding to more and more like different things that would eventually overwhelm people. So yeah, we're looking to uh, improve our tools and squeeze more out of, out of what we already have before we move forward uh, adding new and new features. Uh, and what's next for Ahrefs? Uh, we still want to be the the best tool you you need if you want to get traffic from search. We still want to educate people on how to put their knowledge online and make sure that their knowledge will get found. Uh, and yeah, that's that's pretty much it. We'll keep coming up with new uh, with new tools and with new tutorials to help people get traffic from search, uh, the, the traffic that they deserve to the content, uh, if that content deserves the traffic. Yeah, awesome. Well, that was an absolutely incredible forty-five to fifty minutes. Tim, thank you so much for being so honest and open about everything that's working and isn't working. I think it's absolutely like fascinating how you guys don't have the Facebook pixel, you don't have Google Analytics, <laughs> and this is just all conventional stuff that everyone thinks they need, like email nurturing flows, but you guys have just ignored that and are focusing on what really matters, which is an amazing product, great content, driving word of mouth. So, Tim, thank you so much for your time. Thanks a lot for inviting me, Tom. Thank you so much for Tim for coming on. It was a great chat. I hope you took out a number of counterintuitive strategies to grow your SaaS business. Now, I want to thank you so much for listening. There's two things that you can do to kind of help this show go and also further your relationship with myself on the show. The two things are, please review and rate. I want honest feedback, whatever you want to say, whether you think I'm annoying, whether you think my guests are rubbish, I need to know. So please do that on any podcast listening app, whether that's Apple, Google, CastBox, just write the rating and the review. We're tracking all of it so we can see it and I will reply personally. And the second is, if you want each of these episodes sent to you by email each week, along with the case study. So one week, one Tuesday, 10 a.m., we release an episode. The other Tuesday, 10 a.m., we release a significant fast growth case study so far. We've had Meet Edgar, we've had Rush, and we've had Veed. So if you want to receive them, simply send a blank email to podcast at bcast.email that's podcast at bcast.email and you'll get subscribed to the list and next Tuesday at 10am you'll either get an episode or you get a case study no other email that any time will be sent just those two once per week thank you so much for listening